And this is the John Cast Podcast. I'm really pumped for this podcast edition. But before we start with today's podcast, I do want to tell everybody, thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for reaching out to me when I got let go of my job back in July. And for that reason, I've partnered with Ian's Pizza to give away a $500 cash for the holidays. That's right. I've got secret message, a secret message and secret keywords. I'm going to give you the uh, episodes keyword combo. And I'll have that for you in just a second. Then what you do is you collect all the keywords and the keyword combos, you put them together and you form a message, a secret $500 message. DM me that message at John Audius Radio, at John Cast Podcast. That's on Twitter or on Instagram, at John Cast Podcast. All DM entries from any social platforms or accounts will be in contention for the final drawing. All right. So before we get to this keyword, let's start today's John Cast. What happens when a radio broadcaster gets let go from his sports talk job? Well, he tries to figure out what he wants to do next for a career and in the meantime joins the 4 million other podcasts on the internet and the John Cast is born. Join me each week as I talk to guests I find interesting or entertaining from the world of sports, play-by-play broadcasting, or whatever else sounds fascinating to me at the moment. The John Cast is what I'm doing until I figure out what I'm doing. Subscribe, download, and I hope you learn something along the way. You got your job back? What? You said you got your job back in July. I got let go of my job in July. All right. I want to be perfectly clear on that, that this is an I heart reject hat trick. Yes. With one, with one notable except, exception, you and me, John, got the bums rush and Brian was smart enough to walk on his own. That's right. And this is the episode of Mike Lucas. That's Mike. And the guy who's smart enough to get out on his own, that's Brian Posick, who's got himself more right. juice. I've got myself a coffee. I'm sure Lukey has um, something. I don't know what Lukey drinks in the morning. Miller Lite, maybe. It's nine o'clock. Miller Lite. Yeah, probably Miller Lite. So guys, we're doing it. We're doing the podcast where we all get together. This is it. This is the life. This is what we've been dreaming of. I think it's a nightmare to many. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would probably. I, I don't know that. how to respond. I, am I supposed to comment on that, John? I'm not sure. If you I want don't know to, if I can comment on that. If you want to, this is I'm what I'm not the sure people... they'll be able to comment all the way this is going. <laughs> so I'm just giving the people what they want because I've had I had some people reach out on Twitter after I had Lukey and then after I had Posick on in the first few episodes. They said, "Well, when are we going to get all you three guys together?" And I guess be careful what you wish for because now you've got it. And we're going to talk about the Packers, the Badgers, and everything else. Do you feel it, both of you? This is for both of you. Do you feel it? Still feel an emptiness for not doing what you did so well for so long in a regular radio format go ahead john you know Uh, for john it's sports talk it's for john it's sports talk for brian it's reporting uh and and morning conversation off what he reported um i'm i'm getting my fill here with the podcast i think the podcast is is enough for me i um I, i don't miss it as much because i get to talk to lukey or bp or Pete Doherty or whoever still. And I just call him up. I said, Hey, I got a microphone. You want to talk to me? So I'm getting my fill. I've got hockey going on. So I'm just, I'm just fine with this. I don't mind not waking up at three 30 every morning. So this is, this is good. I'll figure something out soon enough. Yeah, I know you will. You're too talented not to. I mean, both of you have so many skills in, in what you do, but my question was based simply on uh, the way a couple of us were let go. And that will never, I, I will never, ever forget that. And so I'm just being honest. And that's what podcasts are supposed to be about. We can sit here and sugarcoat everything, but nobody wants to sure. hear that. 
No. Yeah. How much do you miss? And there are limitations. There's some limitations here, Mike. So I can, I can only do so much. We won't include months removed. No, we won't include you on that. I understand fully. All right. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I do, you know what? I do miss, you know, waking up in the morning, you get used to it. Mike, you, I mean, your hours, since I've known you, I, I don't know how the hell you did what you did. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I do miss going on the air. I, I, I miss preparing. I miss trying to find, you know, great sound bites or highlights, um, you know, and digging for stuff that I know no, other people don't have. I, I, I always enjoyed doing that. And I like going to the press conferences. Sometimes they were meticulous, but you still went every Monday. And there could be six or seven coaches there, plus football players. And you're there for three or four hours and you're you know, you want to make sure you use as much sound as possible and give some of the, the other programs at the university a little bit, a little bit of love that they don't get elsewhere. You know, I mean, it's, I do miss doing that and having, uh, you know, weekly um, conversations face to face with the coaches and athletes there. It's, uh, it's different now. There's no question about it. But um, I, again, I, I'm, I'm having fun, loving it and just relaxing until whatever comes next. Yeah. I, I like that part. I'm relaxing. Brian, why don't you try to drop your video real quick so we can get a little bit of better audio from you? Um, what I like doing is being able to pick up my daughter from school every uh, day. I think that's really fun. And, uh, you know, on the weekends, I'm still busy with volleyball, Big Ten champs, NCAA tournament number four overall seed. We'll talk a little bit about that, I'm sure. Um, but just being able to like go out and we got Christmas tree yesterday. It was fun. We got to cut it down ourselves. My wife had to cut the rest of it down after I started it. Um, but it was fun. Yeah, the interaction for me was with those listeners that I would run into or they would email me. And I enjoyed that. I, I kind of liked sharing my mornings with others, whether they responded to it positively or negatively or not. I thought that was a big incentive of the types of jobs that we had, John. Yeah. Now, you... uh you were very busy this past uh, week and weekend. You're out in Las Vegas doing the men's basketball tournament, which was awesome. You got to see the the game in Minnesota. At, what is it? Huntington Bank now. It's not TCF anymore. Uh, so what were your overall impressions uh, from this past week? You got to see some really great basketball and then a tough football game. Yeah, it's, it's, it speaks to the, I guess, the beauty of sports, of covering sports, and that I experienced a high watching Wisconsin exceed expectations in Vegas, especially against number 12-ranked Houston. And then I also encountered a very low, disappointing finish to a regular season in Minneapolis. Losing to the Gophers in anything is hard to accept, hard to accept, hard to digest. But losing to the Gophers when a Big Ten trip to Indianapolis is on the line with a chance, you know, to – measure yourself against the best in the East, that makes it even harder. And I, and in retrospect, um, Wisconsin was not the better team on Saturday, not even close. Uh, the Badgers' nope. play was flat uh, for whatever reason. I'm not quite sure what. Had the long season caught up with some players uh, physically, maybe even emotionally? Uh, it's hard, again, to comprehend when you have so much that you're playing for. You're playing for an opportunity uh, for a Big Ten championship. You're playing for one of your goals, your preseason, stated preseason goals, and that was to win the Big Ten West. After starting the year one and three, you were playing to validate yourself, which you did to a certain extent, but you couldn't finish that last step. 
And that's what hurt so much. It was so bitterly disappointing for all. It got off to such a, a rough start, too, Mike, you know, with, with the targeting foul on, on Colin Wilder on the very first play from scrimmage. And I know, you know, well, I, I understand why Wilder was defending himself, um, and I can understand why fans would be upset. But if that was a gopher that laid a hit on Danny Davis, and it was, I did not see intent, it was a football play, there was contact, but if it was a gopher that hit Danny Davis, Badger fans would be like, yeah, hey, he's got to go. No you know? question. I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the rule, unfortunately. It was, it was yeah, the rule. It was the right call. But how much, you know, did that, did that affect them? All of a sudden, it's like one play, boom. It's like, well, your starting safety's gone. One of your emotional leaders, he's, wow. What, what yeah, holy cow. Brian and John, it never, it never helps when you lose one of your team later, leaders. And that's what Colin Wilder was. However, I mean, John Torchio the week before against Nebraska played 41 snaps. Wilder played 45. So he was more than equipped to step in that situation. What I didn't see out of that defense was the snap, crackle, and pop that we had seen all season long. It just wasn't there. And even Leo Chanel admitted as much afterwards. There was just no playmaking or enough playmaking going on, with the exception of, of Noah Burks tipping that one pass and Scott Nelson picking it off and scoring. We, they didn't rally to the football like Minnesota rallied to the football. The Gophers were flying around, and you saw the excitement. There were some big hits, but mostly it was Minnesota hitting Wisconsin. They were creating the collisions. You didn't see that the other way around, and a, and a great deal of it had to do with the type of offense the Gophers run with, mm-hmm. you know, with Tanner Morgan executing the RPO RPOs, and it takes some of your aggressiveness away, perhaps. But still, that's, I, can't, I can't make any excuses. They just didn't play well enough on defense to cover up for the absence of an offense. And that's the bottom line. The Badgers scored a couple of field goals on offense. That was it. Now, Braylon Allen, yes, he was battered and beat up. But I thought they also got away from, from the running game in the second half. There was that one series where they attempted seven straight passes. I just thought, in summary, they got outplayed. They got out hit. And they got out coached. They definitely got out coached too. Yeah, that was tough. And I want to talk about one of those moments in coaching uh, too. Um, but first, I forgot already about my Ian's keyword because Lukey just started talking right out of the gate, and I I totally lost track my of what I was, that was, was trying to do. So today's Ian's pizza keyword is thanks. All right, thanks. Today's keyword is thanks. T H A. NKS. Thanks. And you can listen to the previous episodes to try to collect all the other keywords and you'll form a secret message and it will be awesome. It's brought to you by Ian's Pizza and Ian's has their Thanksgiving slice. I'm sure they still have their Thanksgiving slice, even though Thanksgiving is over. It's delicious. It's got cranberries and turkeys and stuffing on it. And oh, 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 oh. Really, any mail? It's got to have mail. Gotta no have mail. mail. There's no mail. No, you can check out. Mail. Hold the mail. You can, can check out Ian's Pizza. They've got locations three in Madison, also in Milwaukee, Seattle, and Denver. Okay, thanks for doing. I got that out of the way. All right. Um, back to the game. Some of my thoughts on that. All right, you talked about the coaching. There was that fourth and one, right? Where the 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 Badgers run out the punt team and then they get the penalty delay of game, I think it was, and they move back and they go for it on fourth and six. But everybody's talking about you talked about getting out coach PJ Fleck out coaching Paul Chris, but there was that moment. What, what do you think was going on in that moment? Because Chris afterwards even said that was my fault. Yeah, well, he was covering up for a special teams coach. Was the way it sounded to me. I mean, I don't know for a fact, but the way Paul Chris took himself and put himself in that position of accountability 
it signaled to me that maybe there was a miscommunication between him and the special teams coach. But it goes beyond that just one incident. Uh, I thought where P.J. Fleck uh, did his best coaching job on Saturday was in reassuring his team that there was still a lot to be played for after Iowa beat Nebraska, or rather Nebraska beat itself again. Because had <laughs> Nebraska won that game, the Gophers technically still had a shot at winning the West. There would have been a four-way tie, and they could have gone to Indianapolis with a win over Wisconsin and, and Indiana beating Purdue. Now, that wasn't going to happen because the Hoosiers stink. But wow. nonetheless, that emotionally, he understood that there was an elephant in the room after Iowa rallied for that win. And he addressed it with his team. And I just thought the Gophers were hungrier than the Badgers. Um, playing for less than Wisconsin was playing for. So that's why I felt like uh, Minnesota won the coaching edge as well as some of the other factors in that game. Brian, your kind of thoughts overall uh, on the game and, and the coaching. And then the other thing too, guys, and this is off the, you know, like the game's over and the thing that kind of stuck in my, stuck in my craw, is that a saying, Lukey, stuck in my craw? Sure. Um, sure. Was afterwards when the fans rush the field and that's fine and then they 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 played jump around and they were jumping around and i thought that was kind of like hey be careful what you're what you're doing here because well it's not the first time that's happened to wisconsin right uh, at the venue it happened a few years ago at illinois when they were upset yeah. by the line it's happened in basketball and you know what that is it's a sign of respect it's a sign of respect okay like, wow, why they just we just beat wisconsin let's rub it in Jump around is such a popular theme and a branding item that we can play it and everyone will understand immediately what we're doing. If they were playing the gopher fight song, you think anybody outside of the state would even know what the hell they were playing? No, of course not. They have no brand. <laughs> no, okay. That's an interesting way. Brian, how did you view? No, it actually makes sense, Lukey, because listen, if, <laughs> if you don't play it, that means that you don't care, right? And if you care, well, there's a reason you care is because they've been really good. It was yeah, a big thing I, to beat Wisconsin. I, yeah, I'd like to know who came up with the idea. Was that P.J. Fleck? Ooh. You know, or is, was it somebody in the University of Minnesota Athletic Department marketing department, right? Huh? So yeah, I, I thought it was, you know, when, when you see it, when you see it, if you're a Gopher fan, even more so a student, I suppose, at that time, but even a longtime Gopher fans, you know, they're, they're tired of it. They haven't seen success, you know, since the 50s and 60s, right? So uh, grab any piece that you can. And they did. They, they grabbed the axe and then they rubbed it in their face. It was, um, you know, do, doing it uh, in Madison. If you're whatever uh, team you're a fan of, um, if you beat your rival, oh, there's nothing better than that. When the Reds used to beat the Dodgers when I was a kid and then NL West, oh, I just, I loved it. When Davey Lopes became the Brewers manager, I, uh, I was introduced to him and I stood up and I said, uh, I never liked the Dodgers. And he said, you're a Reds fan. And, he, and then we just talked. It was, it was amazing. He didn't like me at the end of his tenure with the Brewers, but when we started, it was pretty good. Um, but no, I, you know, Hey, do what, do what you want. Enjoy it all you want, but you know, you're not going to the Rose Bowl. You're not, you know, I, you know, uh, where are they headed? I know Wisconsin's headed somewhere they don't want to go, but nevertheless, uh, I thought it was it was it was kind of fun. We put a hey. uh, you know kind of a I don't know if it's a smile, but it's kind of just like a yeah you know, kind of a smirk on my face, I guess. Hey, two things. Number one, I I shouldn't shortchange Minnesota. They have a brand. It's a rowboat. Okay. <laughs> Secondly, uh, they hadn't beaten the Badgers in Minneapolis in eight years. 
I mean, they had, they had every right to mm-hmm. celebrate. There were a lot of people that didn't even know what the acts looked like. Yeah, that's a good. They do have a brand. They've got the row the boat brand. Um, hey, side yeah. question: yeah. Who has Death Row written on his arm? In the defense, that was Leo Chanel. Leo it, Ch- it was, yeah. It, it was. It wasn't a full. Ta- I mean, it wasn't a real tattoo. It was no. erasable. Yeah. Why does he do that? Do you know what's the reason there? Yeah, it's 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 kind of his. He motivates himself that way, and, and that you're kind of facing death row when you face that Wisconsin defense. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, anything Leo nice. Chanel does, I'm with. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've never seen. I, I'm telling you this. This is honest. Uh, okay. He played. He played at well under a hundred percent on Saturday. He was well under 100%. I mean, he got banged up, and he was hurt in the Nebraska game, and there's some question he could even, you know, answer the bell. There shouldn't have been any question because he is such a gamer. And you saw the way he played. I mean, I mean, he made just about every tackle or tried to. I have such high admiration and respect for Chanel's play, his aggressiveness at that linebacker spot. I just wish – that the offense would have done enough to hold up its end of the bargain. It had been playing complimentary football uh, for a month or so, for seven weeks, really, during that winning streak. And the offense just didn't show up with, with enough productivity. When you can't score a touchdown, you don't have a touchdown against Minnesota. I expect to win that game, right? Right. 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 What are they, I mean, Mike, you know – you know, obviously you're talking about uh, Christ and and, uh, and Fleck, but you, you, you know the quarterback is the the head of the snake. So where where, where are they going with this? You know, well, what, I thought, what do they do? You know, we've got, we've got a bowl game. What are they doing next year or the year after that? What, what are we going to see? Well, it's not so. Look, if they follow the formula, the formula was really sound during the win streak, and that is you rely heavily on a defense um, and your running attack. And you don't turn over the ball as a quarterback. When Mertz was exposed, it was when they threw the ball too much. Um, we, we saw it in the early was, losses. When he was forced to throw the ball 30-plus uh, times, that's not a winning recipe. Not for this program, not for right now at least. I mean, the, 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 I thought Saturday was the first time that the Badgers really miss Ches Malusi. Malusi was injured at Rutgers. And he provided a one-two punch with Braylon Allen. Moreover, um, Allen didn't have to shoulder all the responsibilities, all the burden of being the tailback. He, he shared it with Malusi. And then now, without Malusi down the stretch, he was getting more and more carries. And, and you fully anticipated that he was going to get a beat up. And he was on Saturday. You could see he didn't have the same jump. Now, now, now granted, there weren't many openings. There, was, there wasn't much daylight because Wisconsin got whipped on the line of scrimmage. Uh, but had they, were, had they been able to keep Malusi in tandem with Allen, uh, they would have been able to probably measure uh, and put Allen more on a pitch count as far as the number of carries he had. And maybe he would have been fresher because, they, again, one of the points that stood out to me after that game, Minnesota just looked like the fresher team on you know, every facet, just fresher. And Wisconsin didn't have the same jump. Uh, again, we can, can be a lot of reasons for it, but um, it, that's what ultimately decides some of these games, the energy you play with. And that's, Brian, you can attest to that in, in hockey. And John, you can attest to that in volleyball. Yeah, okay. So how are we supposed to feel about this season 
guys, because it's been a very strange season. I had you on, Lukey, on the very first podcast, and one of my questions was, do they make a bowl game? You're like, yeah, they're going to make a bowl game. But things changed. They went from, are they going to make a bowl game to, are they going to win the Big Ten West to, to go to the Big Ten championship game to now you're just, you're in a, you're in a bowl game and it's going to be fine. Yeah, I'm going to just remember the recovery, you know, after the okay. one and three start and how mm-hmm. the defense uh, started taking the ball away from the opponent. That happened. It, the, the starting point for that was Purdue. And just the, the overall effectiveness of that defense for so long. Uh, and then I'll also remember how the offense figured out some things. Uh, and Braylon Allen's emergence was incredible. Um, and, and with his emergence, Merch started to get into a rhythm and played much better. So those are, there are so many positives to remember, though it's still that emptiness in my gut uh, based on how they played at Minnesota. And I always categorize, categorize bowls like I do beer. You know, some taste great, some are less filling. And, you know, <laughs> they, they, they had a chance. They had a chance for a taste great bowl. And that's not going to be the case. No, uh, it'll be. It's less filling. You are hilarious, by the way. Holy cow. I'll remember, uh, um, obviously, Braylon Allen. You know, I mean, uh, uh, from what I understand, he's 17 years old. Um, but uh, just, you know, this young man, if he can stay healthy, wow, is, is he special. Um, you know, being at the Penn State game, sitting in the, in the stands and, and watching how, at that time, the uh, offense was so dysfunctional, especially in the red zone a game that was without doubt, um, you know, winnable at the time. And then you, you get your season started right. Instead, it didn't start right at home at night, big crowd, you know, that I'll remember that for sure. But, you know, it, but I, you know, again, Braylon Allen, I'll remember and Jake Ferguson. I mean, he is, uh, he, he didn't have to come back. He, he elected to come back and, and, uh, I mean, he's going to be a, a star in the NFL. He's, um, in my opinion, he's, He's just been fun to watch. Watching watching him mature too as a, as a young man from his freshman year and and uh, to where he is now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure the entire family is is very proud of what he's accomplished at Wisconsin. Okay, let me write this down real quick. Jake Ferguson, grandson of Barry Alvarez, and Braylon Allen's only 17. I never, I didn't know that. I'll write that down. It's not like I've heard that. That's so funny. Um, Braylon and one Allen. One last point. Okay. Hey, one yeah, yeah, last yeah. point. No matter yep. no matter what bowl they play in. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be even more critical now um, to end the season on a winning note uh, to, to kind of get some of the, I don't think you always, you'll get all of the taste out of that game Saturday out of your mouth. I mean, you can't erase it. You just can't because you'll be watching Iowa play Michigan <laughs> this Saturday. And you're going right. to feel, you're going to feel that emptiness because you wanted another shot at Michigan. And, and this was a group of players that wasn't at all in off of maybe facing Ohio State. I know a lot of fans said, oh, well, lose at Minnesota because no. then you don't have to lose big to the Buckeyes. Well, it, as it turned out, Michigan uh, took took the line of scrimmage away from Ohio State and pounded them unmercifully. Um, so I, it, it's going to be hard for these players and these coaches to watch that game thinking about how would they uh, really matched up a, a, a second time against Michigan. But the bowl is important to win a game to give you a little momentum going into the off season. They used it last year. They won their, in a, in a very uh, disjointed season uh, that, you know, they, they won their last two games. They beat Minnesota and they won against Wake Forest. And, and I thought it was important in the development of some of the younger players during the off season. And now they're going to have a, a, a whole big challenge in trying to replace all those graduating seniors on defense. And 
keep an eye on the transfer portal because those programs, and this again goes to all sports, those programs that handle the transfer portal the best will likely have the most success. Same way in college hockey now too, Mike. Transfer portal is just, yeah, it's free agency and, and you can do it anytime. You can leave anytime you want. This is so out of whack. It's just, but, um, you know, you're, you're providing student athletes with the uh, uh, everything that they they want, desire, and believe they they are entitled to, and they're getting it right now. And it's just you have to manage so much more in college athletics besides simply recruiting and coaching your team. Now there are so many other aspects. Uh, what you guys think about the the Packers game? Aaron Rodgers two touchdowns, I think three hundred yards. He scored on the ground as well, and in that Packers like. The first thing I thought of, like when they were first talking about Rogers on the telecast and they said something that he took a pain injection before, oh, no. before the game for his toe. I'm oh, like, no, <laughs> well, I, I started thinking like this thing's going to last the whole year, but so far so good with the toe. Mm-hmm. John, can you show us your toe? To I'm not sure going to show okay. you the toe on zoom. No, no, not like Rogers did. Oh, what a bummer. Are you guys concerned about the toe at all? Even though no. the, the, the numbers you're not at all. And it uh, like a- did affect him yesterday? Not he yesterday. He ran in for a touchdown. Did he not? I, he Against did. their best defensive back. He beat he beat their best defensive back to the end zone. It didn't it didn't hinder him at all. That pump nope. take was pretty sick. Brian, okay, Lukey's not worried about the toe the rest of the season as long as you keep shooting Aaron Rodgers with Ivermectrin yeah. or whatever it is he takes for pain. Um, <laughs> it's a joke. Uh, yeah. Brian, what are whatever. your thoughts? Just cut it off. I mean, you know, if, if it's that much of a pain to him, just get rid of it and, and just keep playing. I mean, come on. No, I, it's, it's what? It's his pinky toe. I'm sure it's probably a little painful if he steps the wrong way. But so what? You know, he's yeah. uh, he, he, well, I tell you, though, you know, calmly he would he would um, celebrate. You know, he's doing those little fist pumps and, you know, he's leaving the field and pounding his chest with a the heart hand signal, you know, or the love hand signal. And um, he, he just looks like, I, I don't know if he looks more at, at ease. He looks tired to me, but um, uh, yeah, maybe that's just his new life. But he was, he was, he was pretty good yesterday. He was, he was pretty yeah. good yesterday. And, and they're uh, damn they've good. got enough. Their defense weapons. is getting better. I don't know what's up with Randall Cutter. What's that? What's Randall Cutter? They, they made some plays yesterday. Kenny Clark. It, yeah, what's up with Randall Cobb? I haven't checked to see. He left the game with an injury yesterday, so I, I don't know what what his status is. I haven't um, seen but, anything uh, yet. No, defensively, you know, if they get if they get Alexander back, I mean, what Douglas has done? Are you kidding me? Um, you know, Stokes uh, almost had that pick at the end too. Um, their linebackers are, you know, Campbell has been Campbell's been, I think, the biggest addition for them. They finally have a linebacker with speed, a middle linebacker with speed. And he's not making tackles 10 yards down the field. He's meeting him at the line of scrimmage or two or three yards. It's not like what we had seen. And that makes a major difference, as, as we see with the middle linebackers at Wisconsin. You have good middle linebackers. Generally, your defense is good if you have anybody that can you know, rel- you know, cover a receiver you know, relatively well. Yeah, a lot of credit goes to Brian Gutekunst, a guy that everyone hated for a while. You mentioned Randall Cobb, too. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's true. You, you mentioned Randall Cobb, and I was taking notes. I took a couple notes during the game. And one why? thing I – Why? Did you? Yeah. So well, I'd have who something does to, that? So John, I, who the hell does that? Takes <laughs> notes during a Packers game. A professional. 
Just a couple of notes, so I have something to talk about. I don't know of any. I don't know of any. (laughs) Way to go, Ron. Nice job. No professionals on this podcast, that's for sure. Um, So, no, okay. So the one thing that stood out to me, as as Rodgers kept hitting Randall Cobb, uh, pass after pass, and he scored a touchdown too in this game, four for 95. I was thinking to myself, you know what? Maybe we ought to start listening more to Aaron Rodgers when there's an aging wide receiver that he says can still help the team. Think back to Jordy Nelson. I'm like, he's proving in this game that it the, the age mm. thing and the production is going to go down, but it's still going to be very valuable, right? The value of a, of a veteran wide receiver with Aaron Rodgers is still there. And then, and then, Cobb muffs a punt and then he gets injured. And I think to myself, oh, there's that other reason why aging wide receivers maybe aren't a good idea sometimes. I but. took a note, John. <laughs> I, I, I took a note. I'll be honest. I took a note. Uh, my note was that Troy Aikman drives me nuts. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> he just drives me batty with this predictable, mm. pre- predictable blather that comes flowing out of his pie hole. <laughs> I don't have a Is problem with Troy. He- Aikman? Because he's a, is it because he's a cowboy or because he's a Bruin or you just don't like him, didn't matter where he played, who he played for? It has nothing to do with his playing days. It has everything to do with his performance in the booth. <laughs> what about Joe Buck? Are you a Buck guy? I can, I can, I can handle Buck better than I can Aikman. Yeah, mm. I think Buck's good. One thing I have noticed, and it's going to drive you crazy hey, the next John- time you watch a game, and maybe you already know this, is I'd say 50% of the time or more when someone drops back to pass and throws, um, Buck will go, pass is, and then just fill in the blank. He says it, and once you hear it, you're going to hear it all the time. Pass <laughs> is caught. Pass is dropped. He, he says pass is all the time. And his vocabulary is limited, are you saying? You know, I'd, I'd like to in see that instance. I'd like to see Mike Lucas replace Troy Aikman and sit next to no. Joe Buck on the game on Fox. That would be no, fantastic. Like, now, now, don't take that. Don't take what I said in the wrong direction. I'm just saying I've got an opinion, and I don't like Troy Aikman as an analyst. Right. And so I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not attacking you, Mike. I I'm right there with you. I'm just saying it would be fun to see you there. That's all I'm saying. No, no, no. I, I get it. I don't like him either. When I see Buck and Aikman doing Packers games, I don't really want to watch it either. So, or at least hear them. I'll watch it, of course. No, Mike, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not tooting your horn. I just think it would be kind of fun to see you. Dude, uh, I, I think that'd be great. How about this? Great. What would, Mike, Mike, when, so, Mike, when you were, you know, you started writing back, I don't know what year it was, 1936 or 37, whatever it was. 28. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, was there a goal for you where you think, I want to work for the New York Times or the L.A. Times, or I want to be, you know, I want to be a beat writer for a major college um, uh, football team and basketball program. I want to be a columnist in, a, in, a, in an important city in the United States. Did you have anything like that? Yeah, my goal was pretty fundamental. I wanted to be the best I could be at what I was doing at that time. And it didn't matter where I was doing it. Perfect. So That's before cool. we hey, before That's cool. before we break this up, you guys have to talk about your individual sports. I mean, I've talked a lot and blown a lot of wind on, on football. And obviously, we'll talk more about basketball as the season progresses. And that was just a terrific sweep hat trick in Vegas. Uh, Johnny Davis has just zoomed to the 
<laughs> to the top of must-see players right now around the Big Ten uh, with, with his performance. And uh, I want to ask both of you, though, about how you're handling uh, both success and failure, as the case may be, the highs and lows of your respective sports. Brian, we'll start with you. Oh, you're going to go with me first. All right. Yep. Um, well, you know, two years ago, Wisconsin finished last in the Big Ten. Last year, they won the Big Ten. And this year, they could conceivably finish last in the Big Ten. It's an amazing transformation um, that, that we've seen. And uh, obviously, last season was was one of the most exciting that I've ever witnessed in Wisconsin history with um, the amount of goals they scored, 118. You win 20 games in a, what was a shortened season because of COVID. They started in November. But you had Cole Caulfield win the Hobie, score 30 goals. You had Dylan Holloway. Had he played as many games as Cole, his numbers could have been similar, and it could have been a one-two punch for, for the Hobie Baker. Um, you know, the player, Linus Weisbach and Ty Pelton Bice, they were stacked. And when they gave up a goal, they thought they'd come back and get one and probably another after that. And more times than not, they did it. Or if they needed to score a goal, they found a way to do it. Uh, this, this year's team uh, cannot score goals. 16 games, they scored 25 goals in 16 games. Um, that's obviously not going to cut it. They scored one or more, uh, one or less, I think 10 out of 16 now. So you think back to, to Mike Eves, um, second to last year when the Badgers won only four games. That was, that was dreadful. Um, but they, that team actually was more productive offensively about a halfway through the season than this team is. This team already has four wins. Um, I think they're better than, than uh, their record indicates, but, but they can't finish. And it's, been, it's disheartening for the players who are reminded constantly by me and others in the media what the team was all about last year, how good the team was, the pieces that it had, and how those pieces are, are gone. And you have players trying to fill roles they're not capable of filling, but thinking that they can and trying to do maybe too much. And, uh, you know, it, it, we're unfortunately seeing it on the ice. Um, I actually thought <clears throat> this past weekend against Clarkson, they, they had a 1-1 overtime tie and a 3-0 loss. So they scored one goal in, in two games. I actually thought they got better. I actually thought they were better on the forecheck, which they need to be. They rolled four lines and were aggressive to the puck. Um, That's what they have to do is go and get the thing and then get as much traffic in front of the net and just put the puck in the net and hope it ricochets off something so that, you know, they can score. Um, But I thought they were better this weekend, but it doesn't look like it because they didn't win a game, you know? So um, it's, and you know, Tony Granato might be one of the nicest people in the world. Um, honestly, and, and I want nothing uh, more for him than success uh, at his alma mater. But right now, it's it's not uh, it's not there, and it doesn't mean it won't come. They still have twenty games left to play. So, uh, but it's 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 hard when you, when you go to the rink and you you don't know are they going to score tonight? You know, if they do, is it going to be enough? Um, it's it's difficult. But I've I've been through the the, the highs of this program too, which are thoroughly enjoying. Um, but unfortunately, um, too many times here in the last 15 years or so, it's just uh, it's just not there. You know, having covered Tony as a player, he's one of my favorite all-time interviews and people, favorite all-time people um, that I got mm-hmm. to meet through my job. How is he, Brian, how has he handled the extremes and the valleys and the peaks? 
know, he's, he's, he's frustrated. The whole coaching staff is. I mean, everybody in that locker room. It doesn't matter. Whoever's affiliated with this program is down. Nobody feels um, – nobody hates this more than them. Um, and I think, you know, fans need to recognize that. Uh, just like what happened with the football team. You, you don't think those kids are, are pissing and moaning and, and um, uh, lamenting what they could or could not have done. Um, uh, it's just, uh, but I, Tony, uh, Tony takes it to heart and, and they, I'm at every practice. They, they, they're working their fannies off, but they have a hard time scoring in practice too. Um, you know, I, this, this, this little phrase, I cannot stand. And, um and I don't use it, but this applies in this case with this Wisconsin hockey team. It is what it is. And all right, so this is what we have. How, how can you how can you win hockey games then? All right, we know we're you know we might score two if we do. We're we're fortunate. How do we win that game then? And that's what they're trying to go through from you know from Marco Siki, Mark Strobel, Shane Conley, all the way through the staff. Um, so he's he's handling it about as well as he can, um, and he's you know in public you wouldn't know that their record is four eleven and one, but uh, you know privately yeah there's no doubt it's wearing on him. John, am I next? You're, am I next? you're having you're having fun with volleyball. I am having fun with volleyball, you're, you're, guys. Uh, you're, the the volleyball bat, pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. Where's I'm a little 10, more. Where's your Big Ten champ? Um. I, I don't have the newest Big Ten championship ring. Hopefully that one will be sometime next year. But I, I feel pretty optimistic about about the sport I'm covering because they just got the number four overall seed in the NCAA tournament. So that means they're going to cross your fingers, host the next couple of weekends here at the Fieldhouse if they win these two matches this weekend, which they should. And they'll host again with a chance to get to uh, their third straight Final Four. So, I mean, it, things are going well. They're playing really well. They just won the Big Ten title. They beat Nebraska um, over the weekend to do so. They won it outright with a win against Indiana. And their bracket, I've got their bracket right here, like their quadrant, their path to the Final Four. They've got uh, a 12 seed to contend with, perhaps, in Minnesota. They've beaten the Gophers twice, had a battle in uh, Minneapolis recently. The, the five seed is Baylor, the fifth overall seed. And they've beaten Baylor earlier in the non-conference in four sets. So, um, I mean, things are setting up, cross your fingers. You never know it's tournament time. It's one and done. It's volleyball. It gets weird. And sometimes things just happen in volleyball, but this is, this is a pretty doable path for the Badgers. I think. Is there a, is there a separation between a, a Louisville, a Texas, a Pitt and a Wisconsin to, to your knowledge? Is there any great separation between the top four? Um, I wouldn't think so. No. I mean, usually, okay. So the way I, I think most people can safely view volleyball is, Sometimes a team like Louisville or there'll be another Louisville's maybe a little different than kind of a bigger conference or whatever. You'll see a team and they'll be undefeated. They'll have one or two losses, but they haven't faced the level of competition that say uh, Wisconsin has in the big 10. Right. So that record can sometimes be deceiving, but I'll tell you what, with Kentucky winning last year, there's nothing deceiving about Kentucky. They were great, but yes, there is a little bit of a different level when you talk about Louisville and what they've been doing this year with Texas, with Wisconsin with all the, with Pitt as the three seed. Yeah. There's a little bit difference uh, in as far as those top four seeds, which would, you know, equate to number one overall seed in a 64 team basketball tournament type of thing. Yeah. Those, those are the best teams in college. Yeah. So this is a question I have for you and then we can cut this short. Uh, one word to describe the coach on the team that you're broadcasting. So it'd be Kelly Sheffield for John, it'd be Tony Granado for 
one uh, word to describe. Brian and, yeah, and Paul Chris. I got to think about this now. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I I'll start. I'll yeah. start. I'll start. Paul Chris, consistent. I mean, that's the one thing that has been so noticeable uh, throughout this season, uh, whether it was when they were one and three or they won seven games in a row, or even though he was hurting. I mean, he was hurting physically. You could tell after the loss on Saturday. He's always remained consistent. It's been kind of uh, one of the pillars in, in this program for years, hasn't it? Hmm. Okay, I think I have a word. Uh, I will try patient because there is that overriding factor. I think when I, when I watch this team and I watch Kelly, he's patient. He knows in November, in October, not to panic about uh, something. He loses his middle blocker. He's very patient. He knows that he has talent. He just has to find the right lineup, find the right pieces just so they'll be playing their best now come December. So he's very patient throughout the course of his season. And I think that's, um, you know, very even keeled. I think that's what helps this team. He's not, he doesn't get up. He doesn't get low. He just knows that's it. Now we're on to the next thing and the next thing. And as long as we keep getting better, we're going to be fine. Hmm. Um, wanting. He's, he want, he's wanting to please everyone. He's wanting to please his players, his coaching staff, his family, um, the fans, whomever he comes in contact with. He, he's, he wants others to feel good. And that's what, um, that's what I think of when I think of Tony Granato. Um, you know, I said he's one of the nicest people in the world. Um, Mike, you said he's one of your all-time favorite people. Um, he wants everybody to feel good and to succeed and no matter what they do and will be there to help any way he possibly can for that individual or their family or whatever the case may be. Um, he's, he's wanting in um, that's why you can see the, the almost the hurt uh, in him when things aren't going well, because, uh, because he's so positive all the time that uh, when things uh, aren't happening the way he'd like them to, um, it's because he's wanting the best for his players and his coaches and his staff and the fans and everybody involved. I think all three coaches embraced those sentiments, Brian. And one word for Greg Gard at the moment would be optimistic. He's optimistic that what happened in Vegas won't necessarily stay in Vegas, but will carry over to Wednesday night at Georgia Tech. Mm. All right, guys. This was fun. This Mike, is Mike, you first- have such a way you have Mike, Mike has such a way with words, you know, the one thing I have to say uh, watching that, that you should have been a writer or broadcaster. Um, One thing I I would say about the Vegas tournament. uh, Yes. Johnny Davis was, was fun to watch. So is Tyler wall. And you also have Brad Davis in uh, late game situations. I agree, Mike, that this team, I'm optimistic about this team as well. Um, I I don't know if they're going to win a big 10 title, but they are going to give teams fits and they have three players that can create a shot. Davison from outside, his step back, Johnny Davis in so many different ways, and Tyler Wall in the paint. His post game has improved so much. He is a bulldog. I wish he was a power forward on the Wisconsin hockey team because he'd just eat people up. Maybe you got to find out if he's a skater. He's from Minnesota. I, I, I bet you, I bet you he put on the skates a few times. Well, Jacoby <laughs> Neath is from Toronto uh, originally. Uh, and he never skated. Yep. So just don't make any assumptions. Uh, yep. The one other thing to watch, and I'll be done, is uh, watch the growth of yep. the freshman point guards because that's going to be integral to 
whatever success they have moving forward, especially once they get into Big Ten play, see what Lauren Bowman and Chucky Hepburn can contribute to the team. All right, guys. Ron, I, by the way, is from Ron's from the state of hockey, and he can't skate. I don't you know how to skate. Can't skate. No, can't I can't. Skate. No one ever Come put on, me Ron. on a pond when I was a young lad and said, "Go be like Mike Madano," or <laughs> he was a North Star, right? Um, yep. Guys, you, I think this know, was successful. Really? This is what you wanted to do, Lukey. You wanted Brian yeah. myself. This is how did it go? How did what you think? Well, I wanted to hear from both of you because I have so much respect for what you do and how you do it. And we haven't had that opportunity to do so since we we haven't been together uh, at work in the workplace for for a long time. And I always enjoyed our interactions, uh, for however brief, uh, whether it be with Brian or or with you, John. So that's that's why I wanted to do this, and uh, hopefully we can do this again. Yeah, sounds good, Brian. Thank you, Mikey, Lucas. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. Thanks. That was fun. Thanks. All right. See ya. Okay. There you go. Mike Lucas, Brian Posick, and myself, John Audius. That was interesting. That was a fun one. Hey, if you missed the Ian's keyword, once again, since I forgot to do it until like seven minutes into the podcast or whatever, the keyword for today is thanks. Thanks. So combine all these keywords or keyword combos, put them together. You're going to form a message here. This is episode number five of 10 that we're doing this. So listen, this is a thank you. Thank you. Here's some money. That's basically what I'm doing. Here's some pizza and money. Thanks for listening. Um, but uh, we'll see. I bet you can't get the message. How about that? Like a lot of people, I've had some people say, I know what it is already. Oh, do you? Do you know what it is? Because I don't think you do. Um, that's what makes it a fun, special message at the end. Hey, also, we were talking about Brad Davison. I saw a commercial the other night. Brad Davison is sponsoring some place in Middleton. Did you all see this? I forgot the place. So I, obviously that... That's a my that's a me issue. Um but uh that's cool. And this is it's so fun. Like I love that interaction. I love that there's a guy in Madison with a local sponsor in Middleton and they're just trying to sell burgers or whatever it is, you know? It's it's pretty cool. And in that <laughs> in that video, in that ad rather with Davison, he's like celebrating with his buddies watching the game. It's awesome. Like come on. How do you not like NIL when things like that happen um all right well once again thanks to ian's pizza check out ian's pizza and look for this episode um tweet and then if you retweet this one we can also hook you up perhaps if you're the lucky winner for that with a 25 dollar gift card to ian's pizza it's that simple people it's that simple uh i don't think i'm missing anything else so thanks for listening to this episode with bp and lukey and we will have another one for you later this week goodbye <laughs>